Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hey, folks, we'll talk to Buzz here in just one second. But first, Omaha Steaks has all your summer grilling needs covered with delicious side dishes and desserts to complete the perfect meal for you. And right now, Omaha Steaks has an amazing limited-time summer sizzle pack you are going to love this. My mouth is going to start watering, so if I screw up this commercial, you know exactly why. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter the code LIBERAL into the search bar to save 55% right now, today. For $79.99, your package is going to include four naturally lean top sirloin steaks, hand-carved and aged at least 21 days for tenderness and flavor, four boneless chicken breasts, four gourmet jumbo franks and kielbasa sausages, a package of all-beef meatballs, four potatoes au gratin, four made-from-scratch caramel apple tartlets, and an Omaha Steaks signature seasoning packet. Get all of this delicious food, plus a free pound of Applewood Smoked Steak Cut Bacon. This amazing package is ready to be shipped straight to your door for $79.99. Your order comes flash-frozen, vacuum-sealed, and delivered in a cooler with dry ice, all backed by Omaha Steaks' unconditional 100% money-back guarantee. Treat yourself and your family this summer. Don't wait. Go to omahasteaks.com and type liberal in the search bar to order the Summer Sizzle Pack today. And now, let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Do you worry about Donald Trump being alone in the White House? And I'm in the White House and I was lonely. I know I do. Hi, I'm Martha Stewart, and there's a free service that you need to know about. It's called A Place for Don. If you have a windmill anywhere near your house, they say the noise causes cancer. They're the nation's largest batshit crazy criminal chief executive referral service. And they can help you find the right federal facility fast. I'm not sure that I've ever even heard of the Category 5. A Place for Don offers free one-on-one advice for Congress people who haven't quite made up their minds about a referral. I hope they now go and take a look at the oranges. And a personalized list of maximum security homes, one of which will be perfect for an ex-chief executive. Believe me, I know. I've been there. We told Don, we found this place. It's affordable. It's great. You're going to love it. Let's go look at it. Caring for a delusional president with a limited grip on reality can be difficult. God bless the United States. But now there's a place for answers. A place for Don. If you're struggling to get information about where to put your president during this difficult time, then call to get the free help you need. Call now, 1-800-FED-LOCK. That's 1-800-FED-LOCK. You know I'm totally off script right now. Bob Seska. Today's Rachel Maddow Show Award for Headline Excellence goes to Bob Seska. The Bob Seska Show. 
from our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, June 23, 2020, and this is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hi, what's up? My name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hello. Day 1,251 of the Trump crisis, uh, 133 days until the 2020 presidential election, and sitting right over there is my friend Buzz Burbank. His real name is... Mike Elson. From Buzz Burbank uh-huh. Music Comment. Hi, Buzz. Hi, 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 Bob. Hi, everybody. Uh, say, uh, the, this place for Don that you were just running an ad for. Yeah. Uh, uh, how are they fixed for PPE? <laughs> I, I, just, I don't know. Anyway, he's Bob, I'm Buzz, and we have both, both removed our names from the list of possible Joe Biden running mates. Damn it, I was hoping. I had my fingers crossed. No, we're stepping aside, Bob. That's all right. Uh, I feel pretty good today. Uh, Bob assured me this morning that I have all the job security of Trump's campaign manager. So I know it's going to be <laughs> poor, poor right. Brad. Maybe I got a Ferrari. Out of it. Uh, less than five months uh, till the election now. Unbelievable. Right mm-hmm. now it's five. Uh, five now. Pretty soon it'll be down to zero. And uh, one day it'll just magically disappear. <laughs> Things are, things are, as you can tell, things are not going well for no, Donald Trump. No. Uh, yeah, no, it's true. Yesterday he told reporters he doesn't like TikTok because it reminds him his time is running out. <laughs> doesn't quite understand. Everything, uh, show business. We're from the world of show business. This is, I thought this was interesting. How actors on, on TV's That 70s Show went on to do other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, most recently, uh, Laura Prepon went on to play a prison inmate. Mm-hmm. And uh, Danny Masterson went on to become a prison inmate. So, <laughs> rat bastard. Seems to be, seems to be a pattern forming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, researchers in Germany, uh, from the world of science, researchers in Germany say they have grown human tissue in a lab using DNA from a Neanderthal man. Wow. And I'm thinking, we've got too many Trump voters already. <laughs> I saw that coming down Main Street, yeah. Stop the research. <laughs> and after uh, after Bob's show today, of course, is what we call the post-mortem show. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where Bob and I address the overflow crowd. <laughs> Not taking it down. No. Here's Rocky Mountain Mike. It's called Dumb Town. Dumb Town. Right? When you're at home and don't mind getting exposed, there is a place to go. Town. You've got no worries cause your brain's a bit blurry. Go to Trump's new show. Town. Just listen to the rhythm of his stupid hateful speeches. Before the night is over y'all inject yourself with bleaches. Or Mr. Clean. Their lights are on but they're not there. You can forget all your facts because they simply don't Dumb Town. <laughs> Located in Dumb County. Uh, the Rocky great Rocky Mountain Mike. Marion Ann Arbor on lead vocals. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what uh, Rocky Mountain Mike is up to, yeah. but but he's up to something. I saw he had out on his deck, which is surrounded by lovely wooded areas. Yeah, uh, very green space, very nice. Uh, he has. Uh, I'm learning more and more about his home as I follow him. <laughs> 
on, on social media. <laughs> yeah, as one uh, does. But he had he has out on his deck. He had I saw uh, you know all like a whole crew and uh, lighting people and stagehands and uh, light reflectors and lighting and I don't yeah. know. But he's I don't know if he's making a movie. I don't know what he's doing. But I can't <laughs> wait to find out. But I, I loved I loved Dumb Town. You know whatever Rocky Mountain when he has a barbecue, it's always a big production. That's what. <laughs> That's what he's doing back there. You got to make sure he's well lit for uh, making the hamburgers and the hot dogs. All right. Well, as you can tell, first of all, I've got my new soundboard here. We're all set. I think oh, knocking on goodness. wood, we shouldn't have any issues with my soundboard. I got a brand new computer thanks to uh, the fine folks at the uh, Amazon refurbishing program. They do. Over there. They do a gr- they do a great job. Frankly, I've gotten a couple from them also. Yeah, this is like a brand new goddamn computer. I'm kind of amazed. We can go nuts with sound effects to that. Yeah, absolutely. I just Mike Elson. I can scare the hell out of my audience by playing, <laughs> playing your DJ shout. Oh, my God. We have so, so much. what existential crisis, what, what fresh hell should we start with this week? Well, let's start Which- with uh, Tulsa, Buzz, because I think uh, yeah. while David and I covered a little bit of it on Sunday, on the special uh-huh. Sunday edition of the After Party, I want to recap some of it again for our free show audience. Uh, so I'm sure you watched the rally from Saturday night and just the unmitigated disaster that it was. And you know what? I did not. I did not watch the rally Saturday night. But, <laughs> See, you but, missed a great opportunity but, for Sean No, Freud. you know, it's just like sports with me. I catch the highlights. Oh, I, 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 yeah. I You know, I, I, the important stuff is going to be culled from it so that I don't have to sit through that misery. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. But, but, yes, I have seen the aftermath of it. I mean, there was obviously yeah. what he said about slowing the testing down. And, in fact, we have a little bit of tiny Trump talking about slowing the uh, the testing down, which, oh, in case good. you haven't heard the, the actual well, clip. Here's Tiny Trump doing his interpretation. You know, testing is a double-edged sword. It is. We've tested now 25 million people. It's probably 20 million people more than anybody else. Germany's done a lot. Uh, South Korea's done a lot. He's they COVID, they said up. the job you're doing. Here's the bad part. When you test, a, when you do testing to that extent, you're going to find more people. You're going to find more cases. So I said to my people, slow the testing down, please. Yeah, there it is. Now, see, it's not just the fact that he said slow the testing down. It was how he said it, his annoying, annoying voice. Slow the you know, testing down, he goes. N- normally when a creature is smaller, they get cuter. Uh, that doesn't seem to be the case here. Yeah, I know. But he, but he, but he certainly knows his audience, doesn't he? I it, mean, uh, mm-hmm. you, you know, that just the question he posed to them, yeah. uh, or, you know, just by, by putting it to him that he had said slow the testing down, he knew that that would get a cheer because you know they're dumb it's Mm -hmm. dumb town yeah exactly yeah and so the aftermath of all of this has really become the true story of that statement of the remark that he made during the uh, rally which is that everyone lined up all of his people all the white house people from the communications bullpen on down to the fox news people and and am talk radio all talking about what well, can't you people take a joke donald trump was clearly joke that was clearly a comedy routine that he was doing there uh-huh. no 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 he was not joking in fact he confirmed today that he was not joking he doesn't kid he said i don't kid during chopper talk today so this was uh, not only a dangerous confession about how he has deliberately sabotaged the testing process for COVID-19. But also now he's taken his entire White House staff, all of the people who are tasked with propping up this petty little tyrant, 
he, he has thrown them all under the bus. He has entirely screwed sure. them all, making them all look that, ridiculous with the whole he was joking bit, right? That was his. That's his modus operandi, to throw yeah. others under the bus. That's what he's done since mm-hmm. elementary school. Uh, uh, doctor, there's a disconnect here because uh, Dr. Fauci told Congress today that, uh, that to his knowledge, at least, uh, there was no pressure. No one at the CDC was told by the president of the White House to slow down testing. They never got that memo if there ever was such a memo. Uh, so to me, uh, this is all bluster. It is yeah. significant, what you've just said, and the fact that uh, not only the, the remark about I don't kid, uh, Trump said at one point he was semi-tongue-in-cheek. After the White House said it was tongue-in-cheek, Trump said he was semi-tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> But, the, you know, and is that like all, never, that was, that's like only putting the tip in. Is that what he's that only, is? He's only partially excited. <laughs> uh, but he, uh, uh, you know, this, this was this was his re- response. He never directly answered the question. Yeah, of course not. And I, so what we're to take away from all of this is at the very least, Donald Trump wanted to slow the testing down but maybe didn't actually order anyone to slow the testing down or or he did and they ignored him oh that's you know, just the other the other possibility <laughs> yes here. we've but, seen that I mean, before there appears to be a disconnect unless you doubt fauci's word mm-hmm. uh, there appears to be a disconnect here uh, between all the versions that we've heard it is frightening however that he said it it's frightening yeah. that he would consider or even make that order and the other crazy thing buzz was the entire reenactment of West Point yes. and you had the thing with minutes. the cup. Yeah, it was much longer than 15 minutes. I think I was clocking it in at at least 30 minutes. If you include the part about the lifting of the cup, which he claimed <laughs> was because he had saluted people 6,000 times. That's how he says 6,000. Right. And then also because it was warm outside and apparently Uh he was very 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 tired so lifting uh, you know a cup of water as we've all experienced at one point or another you know when it's warm outside and and we've done a lot of work you know maybe flipping hamburgers if you're rocky mountain mike with your lighting crew in the backyard flipping hamburgers your arms get tired and you can't lift a cup of water have we all been through that So uh, he insisted that it was because of all the saluting and because it was hot outside that he couldn't lift a cup of water all the way to his mouth with one hand. Yeah, Yeah. blah, blah, diversion, diversion. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And then he he tried the whole thing where he was reenacting the walk down the ramp where we all saw the video multiple times and obviously looked like, uh, what, like Jerry O'Connell on that trestle bridge (laughs) and stand by me, just so gingerly taking each step little teeny tiny baby steps but i here's the thing though about that is uh he has single-handedly revived that story the west point ramp story was more or less dead as far as a media story as something that we were seeing on cable news it was gone it was ghost and now it's a thing again so now we've been yeah (laughs) like an idiot he revived he resuscitated that story with the water and the ramp and his feebleness if his mission was to emphasize that i'm not feeble i'm not like joe biden i know what i'm doing i know how to walk and lift things with my hands he completely failed at doing that because now he's 
you know, injected that video back into the uh, the he, online he, discussion. You know, he is obsessed now with uh, more than ever with proving his uh, mental and physical ability. And yeah. uh, you know, we we wish him luck with that, <laughs> uh, considering his his obviously limited resources. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, I I have two big takeaways from. The Trump rally. First of all, uh, this what you were just referring to. This uh, focus on the, the water and the ramp. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, this is this helps divert from uh, the the shocking moves taken at the Justice Department over the weekend, uh, and from the shocking allegations in John Bolton's book. Uh, by focusing on the water thing and the ramp thing and the rally, uh, some of us have been at least partially distracted. Although, I must say, I think Americans, in addition to you and I, Bob, I think people in general have gotten pretty good at keeping track of multiple existential crises at once. <laughs> yeah, which I didn't, I didn't think. spinning, lots of plate spinning. Yeah. And, and, you know, as a side note, I, I did a story on my news months and months and months, maybe a couple of years ago, I don't remember how long, and, and I opened the newscast, uh, kind of a Rachel Maddow thing, I, I, I opened by giving the history of Three Ring Circuses mm-hmm. and, and explaining how eventually they expanded to Nine Ring Circuses. And it didn't really play well. People couldn't focus. It just didn't go over very well uh, and it, because it proved to be impossible to keep track of that many. Yeah. Americans are doing a, a great job, really, I think, right now, focusing on more than one ring at once. But these are attempted distractions. My takeaways from the rally, if I may are that uh, the turnout was lousy because of the coronavirus. The Trump campaign gambled that people were so into Trump that they would disregard the pandemic and turn out for him anyway to show their strength. Mm. They gambled and lost. That was one. Yeah. Uh, The the other takeaway for me is the TikTok thing, may have contributed somewhat to that, but I don't think so. No, I, but, I agree with but, you, yeah. But I'll, but I'll tell you what it did accomplish. It screwed up a vast data mining project <laughs> in Brad Parscale's. Uh, these are people too young to vote in, in many cases. Mm-hmm. They are people who used uh, voted multiple times. They are registered for tickets, I should say. I wasn't saying voted. They registered for tickets multiple times. <laughs> they, uh, they, they uh, used folk, uh, fake numbers. Uh, you know, so there, there was, uh, these were people who were never going to get tickets. No. And Par- Parscale says they weed those out. But had they already weeded those out by the time he said there would be a million? So here's what the kids accomplished. <laughs> What the kids accomplished is that they got Brad Parscale to predict or to say that there'd been a million ticket requests when that was obviously the result of a mean prank uh, by by kids who uh, were against Trump. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the kids here, I think, have learned, uh, the teens have learned a valuable lesson about their power in social media. If we can get them to focus that properly, if they learn on their own to focus that properly, uh, they can have that same success for an intended purpose. They they had success with an unintended result yeah. here. Uh, this was not what they were planning for, but they gave themselves and uh, like-minded people uh, a wonderful gift with this campaign. Right. Uh, by, 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 and by putting Parscale out on a limb like that and making the whole thing look silly and having a supposed million ticket request, it was really 800,000, uh, it still made the turnout of one-third of that arena 
uh, look even more paltry. Yes, exactly. It's something that you learn in Politics 101. If you're a political right. operative, always play the expectations game. And Brad Parscale and Donald Trump to an extent, because Donald Trump was also ballyhooing a million attendees potentially uh, throughout last week. Uh, he completely overblew the uh, expectations game, where, as you yeah. were saying, they were emphasizing this gigantic turnout. And quite honestly, in absence of that, if Donald Trump had showed up and the crowd had only been what it was, which was about 6,200 people, and then it was smaller than that if you take out his entourage and some of the people who were there from Craigslist, allegedly, and so on. But regardless, so you had 6,200 people there. That would have been a respectable turnout, I think, for sure. a, ra- a political rally. And, it sure would. But it certainly was vastly diminished by the fact that they were establishing these Herculean turnout numbers. A million people, 800,000 people they were looking at. So, And then after the fact, and not only was Brad Parscale using this line after the fact, but also their communications director, Tim Murtaugh, I want to say something like that, was something also like talking that. about, yeah, well, if you kids think that you can screw us over if you think you can hack our uh, you know our RSVP system you got another thing coming you damn kids I mean he could have used the TikTok zoomers whatever you want to call them as being the (laughs) excuse for why there were only 6200 people they could have frame that as being somehow uh, screwing up the actual attendance. As as it was, they blamed the protesters and mainly the media. Yeah, so what they actually ended up doing by downplaying the TikTok teens, whoever they were, uh, right. they just actually emphasized the fact that uh, people were probably more afraid of COVID-19 exactly. than they actually and, thought they would be. And this is a crushing blow to Trump's ego. Oh, yeah. It kills him to think he he really thought bob that mm-hmm. his supporters are so dedicated so faithful that they would yeah. brave a deadly virus to show their support for him right right this is this is what he thought and uh, he's broken hearted that that they didn't that it didn't turn out that way so uh, powerful as he may be uh, he doesn't have the power he thought he had and the magic and the fun of doing these rallies has begun to wear off on him. If he was indeed hot and tired, if he was indeed if he was indeed hot and tired, and if he was indeed furious, as we've heard reported from multiple sources yeah. about the low turnout, the rallies that he loves so dearly, that he needs so much to feed his ego and to fuel his political fire, they're just not as much fun anymore. Yeah, and, I, I just and, love this so much. I love it. Yeah, I, love it. And, I and, so needed the shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so, yeah, I mean, this, this truly is meaningful to him. Mm-hmm. His supporters will not bat an eye, of yeah. course. They, they, you know, the, the staunch supporters. Right. But we're finding out, as I thought we would over time, that... Uh, the staunch supporters are fewer than we suspected, and he continues to slide in the polls yeah, in yeah. every regard. Well, when you live by this hyperbole, this level of exaggeration that Donald Trump yeah. sets his entire marketing plan around. I mean, everything Donald Trump does going back 40 years, for God's sake, is all about, I'm the greatest and the best and the most tremendous. <laughs> And that is setting himself up for failure, just as we saw in Tulsa over the weekend. You can't go around constantly overreaching, constantly embellishing well, your it, status when your status it, sucks. <laughs> it had worked. It had worked for him so far. It, yeah. had, it really had. Mm. He, he had his success with that approach 
up until now. This yeah. is where he hit a wall, and uh, and and I think it hit him pretty hard. Mm-hmm. So Trump was reportedly furious about the underwhelming yes. crowd at his rally in Tulsa. If you want more Schadenfreude, he actually yeah. went from fuming to furious because. <laughs> Earlier in the day, Aide said he was fuming over the fact that it had leaked out mm-hmm. that six of his advance team had tested positive. For, oh, yeah. oh, man, was he steamed about that. Yeah. He wanted to know how that got out, who let it out, why that was let out. He was all about, for the first half of the day, it was how did that information get made public on the day I'm having my damn rally. And so, uh, and, and so, and, Paul and, Harvey, what's the rest of the story? <laughs> well, the rest of the story is it became fury yeah. when he uh, began to see what the turnout wasn't in Tulsa. I see. Well, I thought you were going to say there was another yeah. two staffers, another two advanced staffers who there were are, diagnosed yes. recently, making the number, the total number now, eight. Eight members of but, Trump's campaign staff have tested positive for COVID-19. Yes. All for that pathetic, impotent rally it's, that took place that it, literally illustrated this sound effect. <laughs> this is the... Tulsa sound, right? And, but see, uh, but see, he, but see, he didn't care about the two who were diagnosed after the rally uh, uh, any more than he cared about the six that were. What he cared about was that that information got out ahead of the rally because the rally was the only thing he cared about. Screw the health of these six or eight yeah. other people, yeah. whoever they are. It's so amazing every time he fucks up. It's uh, always someone else. It's never him. Oh, the, yeah. The, oh, guy, yeah. the guy who's lied 20,000 plus times. I've lost track of the Washington Post tally of all of that. The guy who has just been, he had his foundation shut down. He had his university shut down, all for malfeasance. I mean, a long line of corruption and criminality and petty tyranny and all the rest of it. But it's never him. It's always someone else. Right. So it's like the right. pro- it's the protesters who stop people from going. It's the media right. who scared his people. Right. It's it the left the- left wing radicals. Yeah. yeah. So somehow we're supposed to expect that the fake news media convinced all these red hats to not show up. <laughs> I'm convinced. I'm, I'm convinced that he's done this since elementary school. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he hadn't learned this from his father. Fred. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but but this has been his mode of operation uh, from childhood. Mm-hmm. From childhood. And you've seen it in children before. The difference is Trump never grew out of it. Oh, yeah. uh, he, the insulated world in which he grew up. Uh, he never had to outgrow it. And yeah. like I said, this this uh, bravissimo uh, performance of his has uh, allowed him to get away with this for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the gig is up. Yeah, you know, we've seen, Buzz, a lot of uh, uh, morning DJs, in fact, using these kinds of tactics where we're the greatest, we have the t- highest ratings in the world, we've got the best show, no one else can even come close to our show, and in fact, we invented radio. That's how great we are. We created, the Mar- fuck Marconi, we were the first one. And so- there is something to be said for uh, having confidence if you can back up that confidence. That's true. There, there is something uh, to be said for, the people who have the energy and drive to be uh, leaders, as it were. And you can sort of beget success by portraying yourself as successful. But there's a point at which it becomes exaggerated and ridiculous and silly. And the thing that uh, I always love from the show Shit's Creek, which is one of my all-time favorite TV series now, we've watched it through twice. At one oh point, my. the character Stevie refers to the character David as having... Uh-huh. 
unsubstantiated self-confidence. And I was like, holy shit, that's Trump. <laughs> yeah. That's absolutely 1,000% Donald Trump. Unsubstantiated right. self-confidence. I yeah. think that is so... Well, that could be, yeah. That could be that could be said for the manager of a pizza joint. I mean, there yeah. are a lot of people in the world like that. It's unfortunate that one happens to be president. And just one last word on the feeble West Point reenactment and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I think what made that far worse, him reenacting all those things and reinvigorating that West Point story, was right. the fact that he's making his entire campaign now against Joe Biden all about Joe Biden's gaffes and the fact that he's out to lunch and the fact that uh, maybe he's too old and infirm to be president. That's Donald Trump's assessment. And so there's a, a layer of irony there, <laughs> given the fact that Donald Trump couldn't lift a cup of water all the way to his face. And the fact right. that during... I mean, literally seconds after talking about how Joe Biden does all these gaffes and Joe Biden doesn't know which end is up. Donald Trump referred to the non-existent city of Minneapolis. I'm not sure exactly. Minneapolis. Min yeah. Yeah, Minneapolis. I, Almost like. Yeah, I, I, think, I was just going to say he put a D in there. Mindianapolis. <laughs> Oh, I didn't hear the D. I was just yeah, thinking, yeah. I was hearing like a mini version of the capital of Maryland, like mini Annapolis. <laughs> That's what I heard. So it's like, where the hell is mini Annapolis? I've been all around Maryland. I've never been to mini Annapolis. Yeah. E either way, he mangled the word. Clearly. Yeah. And then he also referred to the current year as 220. <laughs> right. Instead of 2020. It, it, yeah. Which, since we're on this bridge sort of between uh, Trump's rally and, and Joe Biden, yeah. uh, this would seem like a good time uh, to, to point out something that uh, that I agree with that I saw on Twitter, and that is that uh, a lot of voters, a lot of Democrats, uh, progressives are saying, yeah, I just can't get excited about Joe Biden. Uh, a lot of critics are saying, uh, yeah, but Biden couldn't draw 6,000 people into an arena, especially at, the, at this point in time, because he just isn't exciting enough. And uh, one person I admire on, on Twitter uh, for saying this said that, you know, how about this? Are you excited about democracy? Are you excited about saving the republic? Mm -hmm. Can you get if you can't get excited about Joe, could you get excited about that? Yeah, I mean, I'm sick and fucking tired. This whole business of we have to find presidential candidates who blow our skirts up. We have to figure out some way to have a presidential candidate who really gives us a turgid boner. That's not what you know, the pre the presidency. Can we please make the presidency boring again? That's you know, what, uh, seriously. The founding the founding fathers hated that shit yeah i was i was reading i was reading some background on the electoral college today mm. and uh, they spoke with great disdain for uh, a populist politician any populist politician yeah. Yeah. uh they said you know this is not that this is we're trying to set this up so it's not a, just a popularity contest because that's weak sauce for choosing a president uh, see, see recent presidential election for details. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I mean, the whole thing about finding a president that excites us and energizes us, that's what kind of gave us Donald Trump. Yes, on right. the off chance, it sometimes <laughs> rarely gives us someone like Barack Obama, Hi. but it also <laughs> gave us a celebrity, the guy, the, literally the host of the celebrity apprentice, Donald Trump. Is I don't think I want this on a bumper sticker, but I want a president that allows me to sleep peacefully. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I just, we I just, shouldn't I just, be like, so focused on the president, give, you know. Give me, give me a president where I can get a nap. 
<laughs> yes, that would be please. great. Desperately, yeah. I'm so with you on that. Right, By the right. way, just as a, an end cap on the discussion <laughs> about Tulsa here, apparently also Jared Kushner and Ivanka are pissed at Brad Parscale over this uh, overestimating the crowd size for Tulsa. I love that they're involved now, too. But the fact is, uh, I think I saw a rumor circulating, and I'm not sure if this has been verified by any legitimate reporting, but I hear that Brad Parscale is about to be fired. Or is about to resign. Yeah, there are a lot of reports flying around. You know, this is a tough one because I think, I don't think Trump has anybody better in mind. I I think, I think, and I think Trump has... You know, I, I won't say loyalty because we know he doesn't have that. But I, I think he, he feels some, has felt some safety in Parscale. But at the same time, he's looking at the results and he's hearing people like uh, like his own family yeah. and others in the administration saying, hey, you got to ditch this guy. You've dropped nine points since he uh, launched the Death Star. <laughs> yeah, that turned out to be a big success story. That right. Are you still death, scared? Death are, you, star. Are, you, are you scared, kids? <laughs> See, I have this theory that he's Donald Trump is a glory dazer. Donald Trump likes the things from the past that worked for him before. So that's why a lot of his Tulsa speech was, in fact, and I say speech in dick quotes. It wasn't really a speech. It was more like a performance art. (laughs) And 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 with Trump, the the quotation marks actually are little dicks. Yeah. (laughs) But here's the thing: a lot of what he said on Saturday night was recycled from the 2016 election. It's his oh, usual yeah. rally speech. He goes back to it like a crutch. And that's what one of the things he loves to do. So consequently, I believe he's going to rehire sloppy Steve Bannon. I think Steve oh, Bannon's yeah. going to come back. I think he's going to bring out Kellyanne Conway because remember, after mm-hmm. Paul Manafort was fired slash resigned over the Russia controversy in early, I want to say early August 2016. That's when he brought in Steve Bannon and Kellyanne Conway. And that's when his campaign, at least in his mind, began to seriously surge because he ended up winning. And so I think in that regard, he's going to... I I mean, a lot of people have speculated it's going to be Corey Lewandowski. I don't think he's going to bring back Corey Lewandowski. Remember, he fired Corey Lewandowski. Right, right. And replaced Corey Lewandowski with Manafort. And then after Manafort left, it was Steve Bannon and Kellyanne Conway who came in. And then things were kind of steadied along. And Trump likes that familiar kind of warm, fuzzy feeling of uh, people that he's interacted with in the past. So I don't know if Bannon would come back, but that is a good call. I mean, that would be a smart call of the... Of course, this is expecting him to do the smart thing. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, so I, it's it's hard to say uh, what what will happen, but he's obviously taken a hit, and he's uh, he's concerned about it. He also used the speech, Bob, uh, to set off what used to be dog whistles. Now they're just police whistles yeah. to uh, r- racists who support him. Oh God! Uh, and yeah. there, it was one racist phrase after another. It wasn't just kung flu. It was mm. it was thugs. It was uh, you know the list goes on. He. He went after uh, Elon Omar, yeah. uh, uh, elected by the people of Minnesota to represent them in Congress, to speak for them. Uh, but because she's from Somalia, he says, we don't want them telling us how to run our country. Yeah. Our obviously meaning white in that context. Right. Uh, you know, so, and and uh, he also uses, I, I believe, uh, this is rallies are where he tries out lines that he hopes will stick. <laughs> Uh, in this case, most of the lines were racist, uh, mm-hmm. race bait. Yeah. Oh, God, were they? One of the things that he does is he constantly is pandering to 
not even the 42% who support him, but even a smaller fraction of those 42% who are the full-blown wackaloon racists of the Trump coalition, of the Trump red hat army. And so he's always reinforcing with them by constantly feeding them red meat. And at the same time, knowing, and he's got to know this, that he can't win a national election with just 42% support. You just don't do it. Unless there's a, uh, an aberration like 1992, where you kind of have a Ross Perot three-person race. Or, but that's not happening now. So consequently, or, he's ostracizing at least 55% of the voting population. He's for, never cared For about reasons that. that are still confounding, right? Yeah, and by the way, that support, according to the latest Fox News poll, is down to 38%. <laughs> Which is really kind of the territory you and I wanted to see it in uh, two years ago, uh, but but, uh, yes. but he you know it's, he seems to be sinking to that level. It, it doesn't seem to be getting any better, and the things that are causing those bad numbers are not going away between now and the election day. So he's he's trapped. He's stuck with this, and yeah. uh, in the end, I don't think it, it matters who he chooses mm-hmm. uh, to run his campaign. Uh, but we're we're also proposing a new national holiday called Trump Teenth. Uh, that that's that's the Shit. day we celebrate celebrate our freedom from Donald Trump. That <laughs> should yeah, be right. a national holiday, I think. Buzz, I don't know if you've done a lot of these Zoom meetings and uh, and FaceTime actually, chats and so on. You know? I actually I actually have one coming up, I think, because uh, I may be a soon to be future guest on Corona Kitchen. Oh, see, there you go. See now, so you're gonna- I need to. Uh, so send me a box of whatever it is you're about to talk about. <laughs> Plexiderm. Plexiderm. In case you've got Zoom meeting eyes, Plexiderm is the solution for you. Uh, of course, we all see these uh, video shows and things like that with our faces, and the cameras are not the greatest in the world, so we see all the weird things about our face, the fine lines, the, the under-eye bags, and all the rest of it. But now, imagine that all those things are gone. We're talking about Plexiderm, of course, a clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and under-eye bags, all in the comfort of your own home. And I know I took the test when Plexiderm first signed on with the show and the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. I said, let me let me try this out. Let me see how this actually works. And I took the test. In 10 minutes, all the fine lines around my eyeballs were disappeared. It was an amazing thing to look at. I mean, it's one thing to apply some of these serums that reduce dark spots and stuff like that. It takes six months and it might not even work. But with Plexiderm, you know it's working because it only takes 10 minutes to actually see results. Um, and the best part is Plexiderm goes on clear and lasts for hours. So nobody's going to know that you're using it. It's just your little secret. Go to try plexiderm.com and use my code voices for half off a full-size bottle of plexiderm plus an additional ten dollars off that's half off plus an extra ten dollars off or call 1-800-685-1292 mention the code voices plexiderm is backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee visit triplexiderm.com today and use the code voices that's code voices at triplexiderm.com the bob seska show
Yeah, this is one of my favorite Seth Adams songs. It's called Thank You, Chicago, from his uh, 2013 album, Steel Tempered Ride. My good friend nice. Seth Adam, I love this music. He's a great guitar player, an amazing singer. I can't wait to get him on the interview show to play some uh, cool. live music here, too. So stand by for that. that. That's coming up later that, this summer. That had a wonderful sort of, uh, for me, a kind of a throwback feel. I wanted to mm-hmm. get, get out get out my leather fringe vest. God, he's such a good guy, and he's been writing all kinds of new music. I can't wait for the new album from uh, Seth Adam. I'm hoping, I, I don't know, he hasn't said to me, I've got a new album forthcoming, but I, I've seen his uh, social media updates, and he's been saying uh, he's been spending this quarantine time writing all kinds of new music, and I can't wait for that. BobSeska.com slash music if you want to submit your tracks to the show. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. Yeah, I look forward, and I can hear the music again this week, which is yeah. delightful. Yeah, we had a little technical trouble last week. I just want to let you know regarding uh, the commercial. Uh, uh-huh. I, I tried, I tried a clinically tested serum once in college. <laughs> you too? <I> yeah, <laughs> yeah, lots of clinically studied serums. I was a regular chemist in college. That was fun. That's right. Yeah, I didn't have the lab coat, but you know, you don't need one. Um, okay, so let's talk about uh, this John Bolton dumb fuckery that's going on, uh, okay. and and just from the perspective of Donald Trump, I, I mean. I don't necessarily want to promote Bolton's book. I'm certainly going to read parts of it as much as I can that I can get my hands on for free because I'm not going to. It's buy all it. out there. Yeah. I understand. Uh, not only is uh, uh, the entire PDF of the book available, uh, wow, for, you know, free online, you can find it. Yeah. Uh, so just search for that, I guess. But also, uh, the uh, Vanity Fair, I believe it was, published unredacted uh, parts of the book, parts of the book that the White House forced him to change. Uh, they got the original versions of those. So you can really get the whole thing. Oh, uh, and, and, and that's where uh, certain Trump quotes come from uh, re- regarding this this story. I, I would say before we proceed that you don't have to like uh, John Bolton, and I suspect that you don't. And uh, if you don't, uh, there are liberals and conservatives who agree with you uh, greatly on that uh but but i think we we owe it to ourselves to listen to at least to what the man has to say oh yeah uh, uh to investigate it if possible and i think congress intends to do that uh and uh to examine it uh, for its veracity uh that said let's let's talk about bolton's damage to trump what's not to like about john bolton buzz he's he's delightful he's always <laughs> just such a warm friendly man with all the right ideas, right? It's just a, There's no reason no reason to be suspicious of that mustache. He's a cornucopia of goodness, that uh, John Bolton. Uh, but no, he's an a-hole, uh, but the fact that he's an a-hole, as you were saying, doesn't make him a liar. I, I mean, I've never known John Bolton to <laughs> deliberately fabricate just stories out of, you know, uh, thin air. He's not doing but that. But according to Donald Trump, uh, that's exactly what he's done, because yeah. as you pointed out, uh, uh, Trump is claiming both that what Bolton has said is highly classified and therefore illegal. Yeah. And on the other hand, that what Bolton said is a complete lie. So <laughs> apparently this creates a new idiot. That, I wonder if they have a separate uh, safe, a separate server uh, uh, as you, as it would be uh, for storing the government's uh, most sensitive lies. I wonder <laughs> if there's a, uh, you know, where the classified lies are kept, you know. That's what they're doing. I mean, in all seriousness, right. Donald Trump right, has right. a server where they put all of these classified conversations <laughs> to hide them from the public. But the, the secret lies. I mean, it just doesn't. He's done this many times before. In 2017, I remember first observing this, where he was talking about some of these Trump-Russia stories that were emerging at the time. I mean, this right. was February 2nd, 2017. So this wasn't even cool. a couple of weeks after the inauguration. I mean, it was right. he was brand new to the office. He 
said about those Trump Russia stories. The leaks are absolutely real, but the news is fake. Uh-huh. So how could the leaks be real, but the news about those leaks be fake? That doesn't make exactly. any sense. So what he's doing exactly. by pursuing the leaks and the leakers and the people publishing these things, certainly their sources, by trying to prosecute those people. Donald Trump was confessing that the facts that were being reported in those news stories were entirely accurate. I mean, last you see, year, Bob, yeah. you see, Bob, the government is holding uh, is withholding untruths from us. <laughs> The government, the government knows about these lies, yeah. but doesn't want us to know what the lies are, and uh, that's why they're classified. And so you can't, you can't release classified right lies. Yeah, it uh-huh. all makes so much sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, I yeah. mean, he's saying that the book, that John Bolton's book, is just loaded from cover to cover with lies uh-huh. and bullshit, right. and none and, of it's true. But at the right. same time, as you said, it's all right. he's violating classified it's classified information. He's breaking federal law by revealing yeah. these classified conversations <laughs> that he had with Donald Trump, which are all again classified. Either John Bolton's making shit up and he's not violating national security law or he's telling the truth and he the, is violating national security law. But, but this is Trump on any day that ends with a Y. Uh, let's look, let's yeah. look at, at, at really uh, what's more important here, I think, and that is the contents of the book, what the book alleges. Yeah. From the unredacted version in mm-hmm. Vanity Fair, make sure I win. Trump yeah. told China's president he mm-hmm. asked China to buy more soybeans and wheat to keep Trump's support <laughs> strong in the farm states. Make sure we win, yeah. repeated Trump. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. asking for more help from dictators in the election, continuing right. to try to cheat in this election. Like he was prosecuted right. with uh, trying to get uh, President Zelensky of Ukraine to help him win in the election, to help right. him cheat. And I wish more people in the press would use the word cheat because that's literally what he was trying to do. Yeah. That is I an find myself word to use. Yeah, I find myself using it more. In fact, well, I mean, again, the habit is to go to, oh, he tried to get help in the election from Ukraine, or he tried to get help from Turkey and China and Russia, but it's actually cheating. I mean, he tried to get, he tried to assist their help oh. in cheating. Is what they were all. They were all. They were all quid pro quos. In the case of Turkey's Erdogan, he offered to drop a Justice Department investigations that were being conducted, by the way, by Jeffrey Berman. Yep. Uh, he offered he offered to drop those investigations if, if Turkey would help him get elected. The net result of all that, the, the sum total of that is cheating. Yeah. And it's important to remember, too. That we're not just talking about any Trump derp here. We're not talking about just another fuck up by Donald. Oh, he's lying or he's making shit up. Donald Trump here is confessing that the information in the John Bolton book is, in fact, accurate while right. lying and saying that it's inaccurate, that it's all he's certainly, fake news. He's, cer- he's certainly acting like a guilty man yeah, once yeah. again, as he we've seen him do before. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, He's inadvertently promoting this goddamn book. I, again, it goes back to the thing with West Point and that video of him walking down the ramp very, 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 very slowly. He's just reinvigorating the story. He's reinforcing the story. If you've got something like the bully pulpit, do not use the bully pulpit. And see, here I'm offering unsolicited advice to Donald Trump. But <laughs> it doesn't matter because, of course, we're all fake news. He won't listen to us anyway. But the fact is that if you have the bully pulpit, 
and you use that bully pulpit to make your situation worse, you're a fucking moron and you shouldn't have access then. They should take away the bully pulpit for no other reason but the fact that you don't know how to use it. You don't know how how presidents behave. You don't understand the decorum, the power that's involved. The fact that the, the president is supposed to back off stories like this and let it play out. The president is above all of the argle-bargle that takes place in day-to-day politics. But Donald Trump's got to stick his face right in it because Donald Trump doesn't fucking know anything. So he's sticking his face (laughs) in his own propeller and it's making things worse for him. Again, I can't go back to that phrase more and more often. Trump always makes things worse for Trump. And it's it's just on, on display every single day, every single year. But we need to start adding to that as sort of a, a mandatory uh, addition uh, that and for everyone else. Yeah. Because we all suffer the results of this. As I said before, if we can survive the next four and a half months of Trump, then I think we're going to be okay. I, I don't want to excitedly predict a Joe Biden win. I believe that's what's going to happen as things stand now. And I don't see them changing between now and Election Day. So mm-hmm. I guess in a way... I am what I what I do think I can say with certainty is that Trump's going down. Yeah, he can't he can't survive this. Things are bad. People are hip to this now. Yeah, uh, more and more people are are off the bandwagon, and uh, it's it's showing in the numbers and uh, just the the overall mood of the country. Uh, the latest uh, surveys about uh, Americans' mood. Uh, we're not a happy lot right now. Yeah, uh, Republicans or Democrats and. I think a lot of people, I, at least one Republican voter whose opinion I read, said, uh, frankly, she just uh, doesn't want to turn on the news anymore until he's gone. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and Hello, that's so, uh, the entire American population right now. Y- yeah, so that, that fatigue has certainly set in as well. Yeah. I, I just think, I think one thing you can safely predict at this point is that the Trump presidency is over. I hope you're right. I sincerely hope you're right. And my Debbie Downer instinct is going to go back to, yeah, the, the, the you know, the usual, well, if I here, see one damn balloon, I, I just, I wish I, all of this were going down at the end of October and not at the end of June. That's what I oh, keep Oh, but thinking. see, here's, here's the, the ugly beauty part. Here's the part where Trump keeps hurting himself and the American people at the same time. <laughs> okay. The pandemic is not going to go away between now and November 3rd. The unemployment is not going to go away between now and November 3rd. And from the looks of things, America's unhappiness with the criminal justice system, uh, racial inequality, and police violence, uh, those aren't going to go away either from appearances. That that movement seems to have a momentum the likes of which we haven't seen in decades. Uh, right. I, I just don't see any of these things changing. So if none of the factors that the numbers we have today, if none of the factors that give us those numbers change between now and November 3rd, and from a scientific standpoint, uh, as far as the pandemic goes, that's not going to change. Yeah. From, from, from appearances, the unrest in America is not going to change. And uh, the unemployment uh, because of the pandemic is not going to change. I, I just don't see any way for him to dig out of this right now his disapproval average according to rcp is uh-huh. nearing its highest level since uh i'm looking here since february like late january early february of 2019 
That's the last time his disapproval was this high. And at no time, that's a long period of time in which to uh, be on the downslope as far as his disapproval. But now he's back on the rise because of all of this. What would make me happy uh, is if we could get it to the disapproval to a level that it hasn't been at any point in his presidency. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Then then I think we really have something. And because I know that uh, part of your role is to to be uh, Mr. Glass Half Empty. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Since that, that's part of your function, and it's a valuable function. I've said that before. I still believe it. It's a valuable function. Uh, I, I Because that's your role, if you want to worry about something, worry about what he will do between now and January 20th. Yeah, that's what I'm also worried about. In fact, right. there's uh, Glenn Kushner brought this up, and I believe it was on Kimberly's podcast, but Glenn Kushner said cool. something to the effect of, where it is possible for Trump to do to actually use the 25th Amendment to his advantage during that lame duck period where he could temporarily resign, make Mike Pence the president long enough to pardon Donald Trump and then reinstate Donald Trump as president. There was a whole scenario on the West Wing where that happened, where Jed Bartlett's daughter was kidnapped and they made John Goodman president, the Speaker of the House president, temporarily while they tracked Uh down his daughter, and then Jed Bartlett became president again. I think that that is based on legitimate law, that you can actually do that based on the 25th Amendment. Yeah, but you and I both know Donald Trump is not Jed. Bartlett and I also <laughs> yeah well I I, I you know here, I see a great deal of sensitivity although I think Trump is eyeing a pardon for Roger Stone yeah I, I see a great reluctance on Trump's part I think him personally that he's reluctant to use the pardon on any case that will make him look worse yeah he is he is sensitive to some of these firings and and uh, some of these pardons, uh, he'll he'll feed the base with a Joe Arpaio pardon, uh, but but I think he's a little more careful when it comes to the people who can implicate him. Yeah, he hasn't pardoned Manafort yet. He hasn't pardoned Stone uh, yet. Uh, he he may still, but things have changed since he I think last considered those. So I I just think there's a reluctance on his part. Uh, to do anything that makes him look even more Nixonian. And in fact, we're going to talk about Roger Stone here in just a second, but I wanted to add before we take a break that uh, the highest disapproval number that Donald Trump has ever had was 58.1%, and that was, I want to say that was December of 2017. That was his highest disapproval average, 58.1%. He is now at 55.6% disapproval. Again, underscore dis, disapproval. Good. And I think we all agree it should be way higher than that. Don't you think it should be at least 67% or higher? Oh, God, yeah, yeah. I I think, I mean, I just can't, I don't understand that. Except to say, what what I tried to keep telling myself is the popularity see popularity and issues are two different things if you if you survey americans issue by issue they disagree with trump on just about everything mm-hmm. uh the majority certainly do yeah when you ask them do you like donald trump well that's a different story they like him very much as a cult figure uh as as the guy who will say what's on his mind or whatever that bs is yeah uh, and 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 so uh, this is uh, and we talked about this a little bit last week this is the disparity between how people feel about Trump on the issues and how they feel about Trump, the TV character. Oh, yeah, yeah. And in fact, according to uh, RCP, his favorability right now uh, average is uh, 
percent. His unfavorable. It's about the same. Fifty five point two percent. And you know why? You know why that's happening, oh. Buzz, is because oh, of all, all of the perpetual propping up that's being done around Donald Trump by all of these people doing heavy lifting, constantly having to retcon all of Donald Trump's fuck ups by trying to explain. Oh, and- he was just he was just joking. Don't you people understand a joke? And then he pulls the rug out from under those people and propped up also by his voters who want to believe who want yeah. him to be their politically incorrect savior yeah well they're believing everything they hear from these other people right. from donald trump's right. uh you know all the the president's men trying to put humpty together again i mean that's what yeah although that, it's mostly i really think it's mostly about trump's demeanor yeah i think this accounts for what appears to be his popularity mm-hmm. uh, the issues tell us a different story uh, you know, I, I like to think this will work in our favor as well. All right, we're going to take one last break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Roger Stone. We're also going to get into the Jeffrey Berman thing right after these ah. words. Yeah. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Bob Sassy! Yesterday I tried to write a novel, but I didn't know where to begin, so I laid down in the grass trying to feel the world turn. Loses girl in the rainstorm Nuclear World War Three. All that's left is pain and sorrow As far as he's concerned He says please send all your moving levels to me Please send yeah, this is, uh, Well they renamed their band It was originally called Synthetic Chocolate They're now known as Synthetic Summer Covering Prince here This is Moonbeam Levels from Prince Tunes Volume 1 a great tribute to uh, someone who we lost way too early. Okay, uh, getting into things here. Um, let's see, where we want to talk about Roger Stone, uh, or specifically sure. Donald Trump lying about hearing from Roger Stone. Or, or all of the above. It's always fun to talk about Roger Stone. Oh, yes. When, and especially when we're talking about Roger Stone, it doesn't involve him scaling the outside of my apartment building trying to break into my house. We have this, <laughs> <laughs> we had this thing going on for the longest time. where We thought every noise happening outside was Roger Stone trying to get oh, in here. And try sure, could have yeah. been. Could have been, for all you know. Probably exactly. shirtless so we can see the Nixon tag. Ah! Gross. Okay, so uh, we learned this week that, uh, or I would say last week, that Mueller was concerned that Donald Trump may have been lying to him. Uh, Which, of course, raises the gigantic loud reaction, you think? You think Trump Trump always lies. Trump's default position is to lie. And there were many occasions in the redacted portion of the Mueller report 
in which we hear Donald Trump essentially lying. And it was all the same thing. We Donald Trump Jr. was doing this too. Jr. was all over his testimony, saying that he doesn't remember, he doesn't recall mm. all of these things. This is the chicken's way out, and uh, and it obviously is something that people do when they want to hide some something. of yeah. some of Trump's answers. Were I, I guess what I would say, I was disgusted and and uh, my heart sank when I read that same headline. Yeah, uh, because again, it was far less than we were hoping for, but. Then I got to thinking about it uh, sort of more objectively and from a, a prosecutor's standpoint, which is, I think, that uh, it doesn't matter if you're certain that Donald Trump is lying to you already. You can already have that certainty, but what you need is proof. Yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, I, I, think, I think what this report says is that the Mueller team looked for proof that he was lying. Whether they found any, I'm not sure. But yeah. as you said, many of his answers were, I don't recall, or somebody else did that, or whatever. Yeah, the problem is you can't prove that someone actually recalled something when they say they didn't right. recall something. It's an it's almost impossible... Yeah, it's the reason yeah. they use that so often. Liars mm-hmm. and people trying to kind of engage in a cover-up like Donald Trump right. was. I don't mm-hmm. remember. I, I'm old. I don't remember these things. Orange is the New Black. The character Frida used the same tactic <laughs> on Orange is the New Black. Oh, I'm old and shaky. <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, yes, this is what Donald... On many, many occasions here. Donald Trump uh, saying that he has no recollection of being told that WikiLeaks possessed or might possess emails related to Podesta, uh, told by Roger Stone specifically. He also said, I do not recall being told during the campaign that Roger Stone or anyone associated with my campaign had discussions with any of the entities named in the question uh, regarding the content or timing of release of hacked emails. Over and over again, Donald Trump's wheeling this one out, when in fact Michael Cohen uh, recalled a conversation in which Roger Stone told Trump that WikiLeaks planned to release information soon, and Manafort recalled that Trump had asked him to stay in touch with Stone about WikiLeaks, about when WikiLeaks was going to roll out these emails. And and that's exactly what happened. But instead, is it Trump saying, uh, I, don't, I don't know, I don't remember... <laughs> So fucking so, frustrating. So much of what we don't know about the Trump years, we will someday know, I think. I don't yeah. think that these questions will go unanswered. I think many of them will go unanswered while he is in office. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I do think he's looking at uh, prosecu- arrest and prosecution upon departure. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. I, I, I really do. And, you know, that's the thing. Well, I know you're going to talk about Berman. We'll, we'll, we'll get back to that. I don't want to get you off Roger Stone before you're ready to do so. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just one last thing to add about this. Um, according to the unredacted portions of the report now that we just recently received, according to Rick Gates, who's been one of the central characters in all of this, Manafort's right-hand right. man, by the late summer of 2016, the Trump campaign was planning a press strategy, a communications campaign, and messaging based on the possible release of Clinton emails by WikiLeaks. Gates right. also stated that Stone called candidate Trump multiple times during the campaign. Gates recalled one lengthy telephone conversation between Stone and candidate Trump that took place while Trump and Gates were driving to LaGuardia Airport. Although Gates could not hear what Stone was saying on the telephone shortly after the call, candidate Trump told Gates that more releases of damaging information would be coming. So Trump is telling 
<laughs> Rick Gates about the damaging information forthcoming from WikiLeaks and Russia. So it was very clear that Trump knew what was going on. And again, he lied about it. Yeah. Right, right. And he's trying to draw this fine line between saying that Joe Biden is out to lunch. I mean, this is all happening at the same time. Separate stories, but oh, Joe Biden doesn't remember where he is from day to day. But at the same time, I don't recall all of these major strategy right. meetings about how we're going to use the WikiLeaks emails and the Russia information to uh, defeat Hillary Clinton. It can't be both. You can't do both. You either recall or you don't. Um, okay, so we also wanted to talk about Jeffrey Berman here before we wrap up. Yes. Um, you know, it's funny. I didn't know that he was court-appointed. I actually thought that Jeffrey Berman, when they when the Trump administration fired Preet Bharara from, as being the U.S. attorney in SDNY, uh, and Jeffrey Berman came in, I didn't realize that a, a court had appointed. I thought he was like Donald Trump's hand-picked guy. And also, I, I felt that that was confirmed by the fact that he recused himself from the prosecution of uh, of the Michael Cohen campaign finance Stormy Daniels thing. You know, Barr botched this from from top to bottom. Yeah. Uh, he uh, Barr uh, to to rush to the end as I have a tendency to do. Uh, Barr, Barr got what he wanted in getting rid of Jeffrey Berman, but yeah. he did not get the uh, Trump loyalist in there that he was hoping to get. And instead, and, and this is the beauty part, is, uh, if I may, Trump, uh, Barr, excuse me, Barr has this reputation of being so clever. Oh, he's so, he's wily. He's, oh, man, is this guy smart. You got to watch out for this guy. Yeah. Here's, what's, here's what smart guy did. He, he announced, he, first of all, he tried to entice Berman uh, into a higher position in government, into a higher position in the Justice Department, make him head of the Civil Division since that gig had recently opened up. <laughs> and uh, so this would be a promotion for Berman, and it's a way to get him out of the way. And then uh, uh, Barr thought he'd put the political lackey in there. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, you can't you can't do that if uh, you know unless unless the person's fired. So uh, it, 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 because the enticement didn't work, Barr announced without checking with Berman uh, that Berman was stepping down. Yeah. Berman says, no, I'm not stepping down. And in fact, I'm continuing the investigations until Congress confirms my replacement, which, by the way, is what the law prescribes. Uh, and so uh, Berman knew the law better than Barr did. Berman outsmarted Barr by forcing Barr to get him fired, and that's a whole other story you may want to talk about. Yeah, but he forced he forced Barr to get him fired, so that Barr would have to replace Berman with Berman's deputy, who is every bit as dedicated to these investigations as was Berman. So, two questions here. First of all, yes. do we know why Berman was let go? Has there been any cause that's given? The thing, yeah. no, no cause has been given, and they can't argue incompetence or job performance because they were offering him a promotion. That's right. And then the other and, question, the other question, and, I guess, is has Bill Barr explained why he said that Berman had resigned when, in fact, he didn't resign? No. Does he explain what, what was the quote unquote confusion? No. We know that Bill Barr was lying. I mean, that's a very clear. Yeah. But this what, is the, what was the cover story for the lie as well? Well, there, 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 there never was one. There was yeah. never an attempt to cover this. And that's another beauty part of this is you do the, the late Friday night uh, removal yeah you know you do your late friday and you do it at the end of the news cycle you do it so it doesn't attract much news coverage or attention mm -hmm. well this this had just the opposite effect a uh, bearing it seemed to amplify and especially since it was botched yeah and this side story is that uh basically uh, 
Barr was saying you're fired. I mean, he said resigned. He said step step down, but he, Barr doesn't have that authority. No. He can't fire. And uh, Berman points this out to Barr, who's supposed to be so smart. Uh, and so uh, at that point, Barr runs to the president, we presume, who said, yeah, go ahead and fire him. And uh, so uh, Barr runs back and says to Berman, oh, the president says you're fired, so now you really are fired. Yeah. But now because you're fired, you get your way, Berman, and your deputy takes over these investigations. Uh, meanwhile, during all this, uh, Trump tells reporters, I wasn't involved. <laughs> well, so here's my theory as to yeah. what's going on with all of this. I think that right. Bill Barr was tasked when he was initially hired, as we've all observed in the past year and a half that mm -hmm. Bill Barr has been around, that Bill Barr was tasked with specifically being Donald Trump's dustbuster. Go around, clean up all these investigations Defender. that are weighing yeah. down my presidency and possibly sending me to jail eventually. Clean up it's all that shit, but do it wisely. Don't do it all at once. <laughs> Spread it out over time. So initially... Mm -hmm the task was first to uh, kill the Mueller report, kill the Mueller investigation, to downplay that, to, to shave the sharp edges off of all of that. Mission accomplished. Next thing, oh, we've got this other thing going on now with Ukraine. Let's get involved with all that. As we know, Bill Barr was deeply involved with the uh, Ukraine quid pro quo and all of it, uh, and the investigations that were being insisted upon by Donald Trump in exchange for right. the military aid. So we know that Bill Barr was involved with that too. Now we get a year and a half into Bill Barr's term as AG, and he's cleaning up this particular mess in SDNY with the investigations regarding, you know, uh, unindicted conspirator individual one and, uh, and Michael Cohen and everything that's going on around the investigations in SDNY over the Trump organization and all the rest of it. So this is another effort to clean up that. And Bill Barr badly botched it to use ridiculous amounts of alliteration there. It was, <laughs> it fun, was it? Uh, badly mishandled by Bill Barr where he thought it, he could get away with this and he didn't get away with it. Yeah. And, and for those who didn't see the Rachel Maddow show last night, this is the, this is what we need to know at this point. Yeah. And that is that Barr has already succeeded in neutering and taking over yeah. the prosecutorial district in Washington, D.C., mm -hmm. and he is now trying, clumsily, smart guy, <laughs> to take over to take over SDNY, the Southern District of New York. Mm. Uh, he, he's off to a bad start, but it's expected that he will keep trying. Another question we should ask ourselves, I think the lawmakers are going to be asking this, uh, Jerry Nadler's, Judiciary Committee is now investigating this, has some dandy witnesses lined up, uh, and has talked about uh, subpoenaing Barr and talked about cutting off funding for the Justice Department if Barr doesn't cooperate. Uh, this is a sort of pressure I don't think we've seen come into play before. I could be wrong about that, but uh, the Democrats look pretty serious about this. Yeah. So it is, it is thankfully, being investigated, but, but Barr has just screwed this up royally. And, and again, royally, and the question we have to ask ourselves is it's only four and a half months till the election. How far do they think they're going to get? <laughs> why, why would they be trying at this late date? Is it because they know they're going to lose and Trump doesn't want to get prosecuted when he walks out of the front of the White House? Maybe. Maybe that's it. Yeah. I, I don't know, but I think that Jerry Nadler is smelling blood in the water, and I think Jerry yeah. Nadler wants to start another impeachment process here to get rid of Bill Barr. I mean, enough is enough. I mean, this is... And again, I'm pretty sure 
that in the process of investigating all of this obstruction of justice that's going on, including Bill Barr as Trump's uh-huh. henchman in that endeavor, that on top of all of that, we're probably going to see Bill Barr defy this subpoena that they're going to issue now. Because originally they, they weren't going to subpoena him, but now that Jerry Nadler and Nancy Pelosi have decided, okay, we're going to move forward, try to get him to appear by subpoena on July 2. Uh, to explain the Berman thing and probably uh, dozens and dozens of other questions about other stuff, too. But I think this is all with the purpose of Jerry Nadler opening up an impeachment inquiry about Bill Barr. Yeah, and, and, here, and here we go again, you know. Yeah, and, and investigating by investigating Bill Barr. And this is a pretty good note to end on, I think. Yeah. Investigating by investigating Bill Barr, uh, one of the things that they're going to look at with Barr is whether he went along with Trump's offer to President Erdogan of Turkey mm-hmm. to drop DOJ investigations into a Turkish bank oh, yeah. in exchange for uh, a little favor, though. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> they just keep getting worse, don't they? I mean, even <laughs> knowing do. that they're in the process right now of fighting for their very lives. I mean, so I, And I'm saying that almost literally. It's not about life and death for Bill Barr and Donald Trump and all the rest of their inner circle henchmen. It's about their future lives, whether it's going to be spent behind bars or whether it's going to be spent doing book tours and Fox News appearances. <laughs> Hopefully, it's going to be the former and not the latter. And right now, as the election is winding up, everything is getting more and more intense as the days go on leading up to November 3rd. They are now in the process of, again, worsening everything for themselves as they go <laughs> and on. everybody. And, and everybody else. Yes. They really so Bob, honestly believe they can do this with impunity, and that's not working out for them. So, yes. Bob, Bob, what fresh hell or existential threat will we be talking about today in the postmortem show? <laughs> well, there's one thing. There was a Mike Pence piece of video that was floating around on Twitter uh, earlier <laughs> today, and I want to mention that just from the sake of Mike Pence always running around, one of the guys who are trying to prop up Donald Trump and cleaning up <laughs> after him. Well, this is Mike Pence falling on his sword, possibly, and almost literally, in order to defend Donald Trump after the Tulsa fiasco. So we're going to talk about that. Was that a sex dream? Was that a sex dream when he (laughs) fell on his sword? Ew, no, I hope not. I hope not. That would be so terribly disgusting. Just asking. Yes, thank you. Thank you for putting that image in my head, by the way. Um, So that's coming up on the Postmortem Show. That's at uh, bobseskashow.com. It's our Patreon page. If you sign up for $5 a month, that'll get you two Postmortem Shows a week after the free show that we do on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Right after this music is done playing, we keep on talking, and then we present that to our subscribers on Patreon as a little bit of bonus content for you, too. Meanwhile, Buzzbear Bank News and Comment every Thursday. It's the finest hour of news you're going to get anywhere. It is... Oh, we were just we were just talking about this before the show. It is thousands and thousands of words of news that it's <laughs> the best it's news the around. Yeah. If you like words in a podcast, this is your guy right here. Okay, I got to talk about the Clean Phone Pro right here. Now more than ever, we're all thinking about our hygiene. We're washing our hands, sneezing into our arm. But what about your cell phone? It's a gigantic carrier of germs. Mine is probably. Oh my God, mine is disgusting. I definitely need the Clean Phone Pro to clean off my phone. Phones are literally a vector for disease, and we rarely ever clean them. Loaded, loaded with griblies. We're constantly touching our phones uh, with our hands and even pressing them to our faces. 
It's time to take cleaning your phone seriously. The Clean Phone Pro Sanitizer uses medically proven UV light technology to kill 99.99% of all bacteria that comes in contact with your phone. Better than wipes and safe for your device, the Clean Phone Pro gets every inch of your phone clean with nine high-power UVC lights. There's a dedicated wireless charging pad on top of the chamber. You can be sanitizing all of your items while wirelessly charging your phone, or you can use the Clean Phone Pro as your go-to charging station any damn time you want. By the way, they're also selling N95 masks, so as we're peaking again, regretfully, uh, you can get all of your N95 masks at thecleanphone.com. Right now, today. You can also get the Clean Phone Pro for just $89 in free shipping when you use the code SEXYLIBERAL, all one word. If you're serious about hygiene, it's time to get serious about cleaning your phone. Go to thecleanphone.com and keep your phone truly clean. Remember to use the code SEXYLIBERAL for two-day free shipping. And don't sweat it. It's going to ship immediately. That's thecleanphone.com, thecleanphone.com.